0: the average of the five people you spend the most time with really in this episode dr Cashy suggests an alternative to accepting that fortune cookie bumper sticker garbage how about respecting the role other people play in your life and making decisions for yourself roll the intro Hello and welcome to <coughs> Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, today's co host, biochemical grade mom fuel. When regular fuel just ain't cutting it, you need the stuff that mom's got. Trust me, I'm a doctor. All right. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cashy. Today's a spicy one. Today's a spicy one. Today's rant uh, lesson. Is about you are the company you keep. You are the company you keep. How about this, you are the company you keep. The average of the five people you spend, ah, almost entirely BS. You know, the average of the five people you hang around, you are the company you keep, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, here's what you're learning. Here's what you're learning is the company you keep important? Yes, heck yes, it is. Is the company you keep important because you become the company you keep? No, no. Do you become the company you keep or the average of the five people you hang around? No. If you hang out with Dr. Kashi, will you get a unibrow? No. It's a distorted view of the world that blatantly contradicts logic. It assumes a person, you in this case, changes what you believe and what you do automatically. Additionally, it assumes you change what you believe in what you do to mimic what somebody else believes in what they do automatically. Does that feel right? Does that, make, does that make sense? It's confusing and it's wrong. It's wrong. But, and a big but, you have likely seen people change the way they think and act when they are around other people, possibly different people than normal, and then act and think differently with them. You've probably seen that. Does it it look almost automatic? Or does it look automatic? Probably. Maybe you make some changes when you're around family and old friends. Or maybe you make the changes when you're around your partner, who knows? Probably feels automatic then too. Maybe some of those thoughts and actions when you're hanging around with other people are intrusive. They're intrusive and lead to a fun time with them and also maybe engender some self-sabotaging responses and some destructive outcomes to your progress which lead to more frustrating stimuli when you're back doing your normal stuff again. Hmm? It can certainly look automatic when you see it. It can certainly feel automatic when it happens to you. And this is distorted logic. You are the company you keep perpetuates the feeling of automaticity. Break it down. You equal company. You are the, like, you are the people. It jumps right from A to C. It starts with a stimulus, you're around people, and jumps straight to the outcome. You become those people. Exposure to a person, becoming that person, right from S to O. Do you see the confusion? Do you see what's missing here? Please, for the love of Pete, throw down the hashtag R. If you think going right from stimulus to outcome is absurd, and that the response to that stimulus is missing from this equation. Please, throw down a hashtag R. (laughs) Again, this jump, this jump, it blatantly ignores you, your response, your R to the stimulus, your thoughts, your conclusions, your inferences from the information you gather, the information where you choose how to respond. Mm. Hmm? This means that you are the company you keep and you are the average of the five people using the blah, blah, blah. Throws all that right out the window. Your free will, your ability to choose what you believe and what you do. Throws it right in the garbage. Consent? Garbage. You're hanging out with them. You're like them. Choice? Garbage. Thoughts, decisions, values? Ah, Garbage. Why? Because evidently you're in the same vicinity as somebody else. It's asinine. Monkey see, monkey do, right? wrong okay but wait if you are the company you keep and they are keeping you as company won't they be like you why do you always have to be like them where's that universal who like who's keeping who here also if you are the company you keep and you opt to be alone are you now nothing are you dead maybe that's another way jump people jump from from a right to C from stimulus right to outcome hmm I am alone there must there therefore I must be nothing. Hmm. This actually also seems like a typical distortion people <laughs> use to give themselves permission to act foolish. In any case, here's the rub. Here's the rub. The company you keep, they will have a relatively standardized set of beliefs and code of conduct between them. Okay? Hopefully most everyone can agree with that. It's a conscious decision to appropriate and exhibit the beliefs and conduct you conduct with the company, okay? It is a conscious decision to appropriate and exhibit beliefs and conduct of your company. It's asinine to think any different. It's a choice. It's your choice. Thankfully, that is good. This is good. It means you have power. Okay. It is an apparently easier choice to go along with the company you keep. It is easier. It appears more fun, more exciting, more accepting. It's it's more of quite a few apparently good things. To go against the company you keep is to create tension risk admonishment and dismissal from the group. In other words, to go against the company you keep is to risk rejection of the company you keep. Uh, To go against the company you keep is to risk rejection. Hmm. Is there any reasonable justification to keep company that rejects you? Few to none. Therefore, it is sensical to go along with the company you keep to maintain your status and acceptance within the group so you are the company you keep reads more like it's convenient when the company you keep accepts you it's frustrating when the company you keep rejects you Mm. therefore it is your choice in the context of whether you influence the frustration or you influence the acceptance and convenience that's the choice that's your influence so if the group's beliefs and code of conduct are contradictory to what you want to achieve, that's a frustrating stimulus if there ever is one. If the people you hang out with are against the stuff that you want, well, now you're in quite the pickle. Your frustration and anxiety builds between S and R, between stimulus and response. That space between frustration and anxiety start building. You start getting strange urges as you vacillate between the potential responses and the space between stimulus and response gets smaller and smaller. Hmm? Acceptance is convenient. Rejection is frustrating. But but being blocked from the thing that you desire to improve your mind and your body, that's frustrating too. Ah, It's all frustrating. Do you risk making yourself miserable by neglecting your mind and body and what you want to achieve, but increase the probability of being accepted by those around you? Or do you risk making yourself miserable by neglecting the beliefs and the code of conduct of the group in favor of making progress toward and achieving what, you're, what, you, what you set out to do with your mind and body? Hmm? Or do you take a third option? Just pretend. Start pretending. Believe one thing and do other things. Juggle this, avoid that excuse here, white lie there. That seems like a recipe for healthy relationships. Anxiety, misery, and frustration make for great side dishes when the main course is pretending. (laughs) Which courses of action increase the probability of a constructive outcome at O? Which courses of action increase the probability of a destructive outcome at O? It's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell, especially when you're stressed out. Why? Because when you're stressed out, the space between stimulus and response shrinks, making it harder to do smart stuff and easier to do dumb stuff, making it harder to tell the difference. Friendship companionship and partnership they're all serious business they're all serious business rational and constructive eating is about rational and constructive thinking in general and actions tkn just uses food as a fulcrum to drive that point home and the results of changing the way you eat and drink and use your body on purpose and with purpose they speak for themselves because your body keeps the score Hmm. TKN champions the far more rational approach. Some relationships are more constructive. Some relationships are more destructive. Some relationships are apparently neutral. But neutrality is probably closer to destructive because it still consumes your resources, leaving you with a net negative, okay? Sometimes, many times, when you desire change, the constructiveness or destructiveness of your relationships reveal themselves in concerning and frustrating ways. Which means... A response is coming, and that response is your choice, okay? Because that helps influence whether the outcome is constructive or destructive in the context of what you want to achieve, okay? How many relationships revolve around eating? Where, if you removed the eating part, would the relationship go with it? How many relationships revolve around drinking or debauching? Where, if you removed it, then the relationship would go with it? How many relationships revolve around bitching and moaning and whining? Where if you removed the bitching and moaning and whining, the relationship would go with it. Hmm? How many of these relationships are long-standing friendships or family or even a partner where where the mere thought of that sort of disruption is so cringy? Well, when that happens, it's really confusing what a good response is. It's hard to determine what a constructive or destructive outcome looks like. Because it it appears to be that you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? That's what it means. That's what all this means. Are you the company you keep? No. No. Are you the average of the five people you spend your time with? No. No. The thoughts you think are primarily your choice. The way you act is primarily your choice. Is it scary as heck to take a risk to be happy? Once you start integrating TKN's perspective on relationships, you'll start seeing the outcomes. You'll start seeing the outcomes of your responses to those stimuli of spending your time with them and them spending their time with you. At such time, you can and better will be better off, even if it's a hassle, to dispute the distorted beliefs you have around the potentially destructive relationships in your life. And maybe even have responses to have constructive outcomes with the relationship, okay? So dive right in, take a few minutes, think of two people, specifically two people you interact with that have an apparently destructive influence on your outcomes. They may chronically try to frustrate you or incite self-downing. They may enable your self-sabotaging behavior. They may push you to do sabotaging things. They may push you to convince yourself that you're sabotaging things in the name of fun or for the group or whatever. They may make it easier for you to sour your own mood because they are sour. What sort of negative thoughts and urges do they cultivate in you? The whole point is to integrate acknowledgement over acceptance. Acceptance means you recognize it and you're okay with it. Many times that's a problem. Acceptance many times is a problem. Often it's better to acknowledge something. Acknowledgement means you recognize it's there and you still reserve the right to have a problem with it. Why? Because then you can have a response and therefore a constructive outcome to resolve what you have a problem with, rather than just accepting it for what it is, trying to move on and being miserable because it conflicts with your beliefs. Okay? Hopefully that makes sense. So. There is a different methodology for people you live at home with. Okay. If there are issues with somebody living in your home, then message, then message directly. So this is practice for all those other people. Okay. Outside the house at work, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Who, who, and how is this person a negative influence? Okay. Who, and how is this person a negative influence? What negative thoughts or urges and or urges does that negative influence provoke in you? How much exposure can you limit with this person? What about how much exposure you're willing to limit? What is that difference? That will give you a clue in terms, of, in terms of a lot of things, especially in terms of your self-esteem, okay? And four, what is your intent to implement? What are you doing about it and when? Okay, we do have a little bit of time. You'll get an example now and, and just hit up your primary support to go through this exercise for yourself. If there are some other people in your life you wanna work through this with or for, Okay? Or drop Dr. Kashi a message and T Ken will hop on the phone with you, okay? <clears throat> so let's, let's do an example. Who, who and how has this person a negative influence? Karen, Karen, gosh, Karen. She eats and drinks while she complains about stupid stuff and wants me to drink and eat with her while she complains about stupid stuff. Hmm, okay, number two. What negative thoughts and or urges does that negative influence provoke in me? Well, complaining is fun. Eating and drinking while doing something is also fun. It makes it funner. My mind is negatively influenced by the complaining she enables. And my body is negatively influenced by, the, by eating and drinking more than enough for me. Too much. This is destructive. Okay, so number three, how, how much exposure can you limit? What about willing to limit? Well, I could reasonably, I could limit all in-person contact with Karen. My life would still go on pretty much as normal. But because I like Karen, I'm willing for now to limit some of the in-person exposure and instead let her complain or chat over the phone. Okay? So again, what is your intent to implement? Number four. Well, if she asks me to go have a drink, then I'll thank her for thinking of me. I'll tell her I'm changing my eating and drinking habits and that I'm happy to chat over the phone if she wants a friendly ear. Hmm. Lastly, this is practically always, and practically always is about you. It's easy to think about a negative influence from a person and and use that as a region to to judge the person, that's also asinine. That's a dumb idea. People will people. Besides, you are to some degree choosing to spend time around this person and consciously allowing them to influence the way you behave in the name of misery inducing convenience. Okay, this is good. It means you have the power to change it, right? And you do. Thank you so much for learning. Stay rational. (laughs) Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out!